Hello and welcome to a new episode of the John Arden Show. I am your host, John Arden, and I am back. And Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everybody is staying safe and um, hopefully this, this year will be a better year than 2020. I'm definitely having hope that um, 2021 would be a better year because um, 2020 was a tough year for everyone. And let's hope that it would be much better because we sure need a better year. So we're going to start right off and um, talk about some news that came out recently. Um, talking about a little bit about the aliens and what and what's going on. So the New York Post, and this is a, a post, the New York Post reported on uh, December 29, not that long ago, that the COVID-19 bill started a 180-day countdown for UFO disclosure. So I'm going to read a little bit of this, and then I will post the link to the article in the show notes and you can check it out for yourself so the article says president trump's signature on sunday on the 2.3 trillion dollar covid 19 relief and government funding bill started a 180 day countdown for the pentagon and spy agencies to say what they know about ufos the provision received very little attention in part because it wasn't included in the text of the 5593 page legislation but as a committee comment attached to the annual intelligence authorization act which was rolled into the massive bill. The Senate Intelligence Committee, chaired by Senator Marco Rubio, said in a comment that it, quote, directs the Director of National Intelligence in consolation with the Secretary of Defense and the heads of such other agencies to submit a report within 180 days of the date of enactment of the act to the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committees on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, quote. The article says more. The report must address, quote, observed airborne objects that have not been identified, quote, and should include a, quote, detailed analysis of unidentified phenomena data collected by a geo- Spatial intelligence, signals intelligence, human intelligence, and measurement and signals intelligence, quote, the committee said. The report must also contain a, quote, detailed analysis of of data from the FBI, which was derived from investigations of, of intrusions of 
unidentified aerial phenomenon data over restricted United States airspace and an assessment of whether this unidentified aerial phenomenon activity may be attributed to one or more foreign adversaries. Quote, former Pentagon and legislative officials confirmed Tuesday to the publication the debrief that the package begins the clock on UFO disclosures. So basically, after 180 days, the government has to come out and, I guess, tell the public what they know about the UFOs. That's pretty much the whole um, point of this. I'll read a little bit more. Um, Defense Department spokesperson Sue Go told the Post, quote, we are aware that the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence Committee report on the Intelligence Authorization Act for Fiscal 2021 included a requirement for the Director of National Intelligence and Consultation consultation, with the Secretary of Defense to submit a report on unidentified aerial phenomenon within 180 days of enactment, and quote, spokespeople for Marco Rubio, who pushed for more UFO transparency, transparency did not respond to the post comment, did not re- respond to the post multiple requests for comment, the push for more information follows the Pentagon's April publication of three new Navy videos, of three Navy videos showing identified objects, Chris Mellon, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, told the debrief that, quote, the newly enacted Intelligence Authorization Act incorporates the, Se- the Senate Intelligence Committee's report in language calling for an un- unclassified all-source report on UAP phenomenon. This was accomplished in the joint explanatory statement accompanying the bill, end quote. A lot of heavy-duty stuff here. I'm going to skip down to a little bit. Somebody who actually knows about this. Nick Pope, who ran the UFO office of the UK's Ministry of Defense, told the Post, quote, I welcome this move, which shows how seriously the phenomenon is being taken in the intelligence community, unquote. Pope said that, that the Pentagon... And that, that, quote, the Pentagon's unidentified aerial phenomenon task force is probably already drafting the report for DNI to send to the Senate Intelligence Committee. Questions remain about whether the report will say how much can ever be made public, given the highly classified nature of some of the material. But this is a step in the right direction, end quote. Donald Trump, as commander-in-chief, has brushed off questions about UFOs and possible alien life, saying, quote, I'm not a believer, but, you know, I guess anything is possible, quote. So, whether or not aliens are here, I believe they're here and the government doesn't want to tell us because they don't want to cause panic and they don't want, they don't want people to like, freak out about it. But I, I I believe they're already here. It's just a matter of time before the government just says it already. 
Um, I will be posting this in the show notes. So if you want to read it, um, there's a few stuff I skipped over, but um, this is a lot of useful information here that you can read. And I think you might enjoy it if you're into that kind of stuff or if you're just curious about it. You can um, go ahead and read it and and you'd be the judge of it. So, in other news, NBA news, um, if we um, go back to the NBA, you know, we've, we've seen already the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving, they, they're four and four right now. That's the record. They're eighth in the Eastern Conference. Um, I like what I'm seeing. Kevin Durant looks like he's back where he left off. Kevin, uh, Kyrie Irving looks comfortable. He looks good. He's playing well. Kyrie Irving is averaging 26 points, not 27 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds so far in the season. Kevin Durant is averaging 28 points, 4, re- four assists, 7 rebounds. So Durant and Kyrie Irving are off to a hot start. I like what I'm seeing from Durant. He looks good. Um, this is good news. But I think um, Kevin Durant will miss a little bit of time. Um, about something about COVID exposure. Let's uh, we're gonna play a clip here from Adrian Wojnarowski, works for ESPN, the ultimate NBA insider. He'll get a little bit more details about um, Cameron Durant missing time. Tuesday's game against the Utah Jazz due to the NBA's health and safety protocols the team announced on Monday. Durant averaging 28 points, seven rebounds, and nearly five assists a game. He's slated to miss the next four contests at this point. Our NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski now joining with more. Woj, what else can you tell us about Durant's story? Yeah, Nabil, remember, Kevin Durant had the coronavirus back in May. Um, but, you know, he has tested negative here in the last three days. Uh, he had, Listen, he had close contact uh, to somebody who tested positive. And it puts him right back into that protocol. You know, he continues to have the antibodies uh, in his system, I'm told. And, and as I said, has tested negative for the virus. Uh, but he is still uh, subject uh, to the league's protocols, which means seven days in quarantine. He will miss four games, including tomorrow's game with Utah and a game with the 76ers. This is a big blow for a Nets team that has struggled lately and has dropped a three and four with that loss to Washington last night. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Not an ideal start for them again, losing by one to Washington the other night. Thank you, Woj. And let's take a look at that upcoming schedule because, like Woj mentioned, very valuable games lost here for Durant. Here are the next four opponents. You got the Jazz, you got the Sixers and Thunder, as well as a road game in Memphis in between. So with the condensed schedule, every game so important. If cleared to return, Durant would make his comeback at home against the Thunder a week from tonight. And for more on Durant and the Nets, Tim Legler joining us now. And Legs, the Nets are already missing Spencer Dinwiddie. They've lost four of their last five games. Where is this going to hurt them the most, you think? Well, look, right now they're just flat out outscoring people when they do win. Um, and so when you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving basically as a two-man show right now offensively, while a lot of those other pieces are trying to find their way and find consistency, you're basically taking out half of the offense that you've been using to win the three games that you have. So that's where they're going to feel it. I think, fortunately for them, they still have an elite offensive player in Kyrie Irving to build your offense around, and you're going to get extended now opportunities out of Karis LeVert. He showed last year he's capable of doing that. But right now, the overall bigger picture with this team is that their defense just hasn't really been something they've worked on. You can tell they haven't touched on it very much. There's a lot that Steve Nash probably wants to implement, but right now their offense is light years ahead of their defense, and that's why they've had a hard time getting some of these wins. They've lost close games because they cannot get stops down the stretch when they need to. That has got to be the biggest area of improvement because you're just not going to have two guys go out every night and you know rotate turns taking shots and expect to fulfill your dreams of winning a championship. That defense has to tighten up, and maybe this is a great opportunity to do that, missing Kevin Durant's 28 points a night. Legs, you, you mentioned offense, KD's former team and his former teammate. If you missed it last night, Steph Curry was cooking. How about a career high? 62 points in the Warriors' win over the Blazers. Let's go by the numbers on Curry's masterful night. He is just the third player to record a 60-point game after turning 32 years old, joining Wilt and Kobe, who was the oldest ever to do it. He accomplished the feat in the final game back in 2016. Curry, how about 8 for 16 from beyond the arc? That's his 49th career game with at least 8 triples. That's more than James Harden and Damian Lillard combined, who are second and third all-time in that category. And the chef poured in 31 points in each half last night. In the process, he became the first player to score more than 30 points points in both halves of an NBA game since Pistol Pete in 1977. What stood out, the shimmy looked like it was back legs. And Steph is the second leading scorer in the NBA, averaging over 32 points per game. But, but last night felt different. What did you see from Steph and Steve Kerr's offense? Well, I just saw a guy last night that I think was reminding people, don't sleep on his greatness. And that's why I said before the season, anybody that underestimates this guy's greatness is making a big mistake because I saw people thinking the Warriors can't make the playoffs, that maybe the time had passed Steph to be an elite player. I, I, I never thought that, never said it, and I never would have bought into that because what he does to defense is with his motion and activity and his shooting range, he just forces so many communication issues for teams defensively. And when he really gets it going the way that he did early in the game last night, he's capable of putting up huge numbers. Now, obviously, that was a career night, but Steph, I think, has seen... While some guys are trying to find their comfort zone with this team, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, a couple new pieces, they struggled to shoot the ball early in the year. James Wiseman is a rookie, so he's right now trying to get out of people's way, basically, and find his way. Draymond Green just came back. So while that's all been going on, Steph Curry has realized he needs to put this team on his back a little bit offensively and, again, have one of those roll-back-the-clock-type nights 
That was Steph Curry from his MVP years. Uh, he's more than capable of doing it, and it's the biggest reason why I think people are going to start taking the Golden State Warriors a lot more serious because this guy's greatness makes the game a lot easier for everybody else on the floor, and those other pieces I mentioned are just going to get more comfortable as the year goes on. Yeah, regardless of your allegiance to a team, if you love the league, you love the NBA, you love basketball, it's fun to see Steph back. The Warriors, they host the Kings tonight, Legs. Thank you. And so, there we go. The media, ESPN, got their experts working there. They did mention Steph Curry. He did score 62 points against the Trailblazers, which is really good. Um, in my opinion, right now, the Warriors are 4-4. Four four. They're fourth in the Western Conference. They're still early, so we don't know if they'll make it to the playoffs. I don't think they will, in my opinion. I don't think they will. Unless Steph Curry is, like, averaging 30 every game and he can carry them. But, um... We're going to see what Steph Curry is made of here. We're going to see if he can carry the Warriors to the playoffs. Right now, Curry is averaging 29 points a game. With 6 assists and 5 rebounds. So, he's averaging just about 30. So, we'll see if we can carry him there. I mean, um, not going to be easy playing in the Western Conference. When you have a lot of good teams, a lot of great teams. Uh, so they did mention Steph Curry's 62 points. Uh, let's hear a little bit what the media has to say. Um, we're going to hear what uh, ESPN's uh, Stephen A. Smith has to say about that on first take. Shot better than 40% from three point range. The first 10 
not. It is not an exaggeration. I don't care whether you bring in Bird, whether you bring in Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Chris Mullen. I don't give a damn. There has never been a shooter this great. And when Clay gets back, look the hell out. Golden State is going to be immediately back in championship contention. And by the way, I like that kid Wiseman. Well, he's clearly the greatest shooter ever. He's a mobile artillery unit because he can go get his own shot, and he invented shooting it from a million miles away, which created even more space. You know, how can you change the NBA? Make it a four-point shot if it's farther away. So it didn't occur to people, no, it's all right to shoot it from 10 feet behind the arc if you can hit it regularly, which he can, which, which opens up the whole offense. He revolutionized the game. And by the way, for years, I thought he was not a clutch shooter, Stephen A. I saw it in the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. You go back and look at the highest leverage moments. I thought, why is Steph not as good here as he normally is? He shooting the ball. Even that injured. started to change. Even, even that started to change. You know, that started to change. Given enough reps, he's now deadly in the clutch with the ball in his hand. It wasn't always that way. It is now. This is what I was thinking yesterday. This is what I took from the performance. And, and like, like a lot of people, I was watching football and, and keeping track of what was going on in the basketball game. Oh, my God, Steph went from, what, 31 at the half? Now he's up to 40-something. Now he's up to 50-something, 62. Stephen A., there have been more athletic point guards than Steph, obviously. Allen Iverson or Russell Westbrook, MVPs, who are clearly more gifted athletically overall, right? There have been better two-way point guards than Steph Curry. Um, Chris Paul or Isaiah Thomas right, where John Stockton, there have been players who've done a lot of what Steph has done, Steve Nash, although Steph is really Nash 2.0 because he doesn't need to drip, he doesn't need to monopolize the ball, it doesn't stick with him, and he shoots it even better than Nash, but when I look at the history of the NBA, you take away Magic Johnson, right, modern NBA, take away Magic, who's six foot eight, six foot nine, he is a point guard, and he's the greatest ever, but I'm talking about of the regular sized point guards. Steph's the best who ever did it. He's the greatest of all time. Um, and and, and for, for all the reasons I just mentioned, ball doesn't stick. Uh, unselfish wow. player who can score from anywhere, who makes all his teammates better shooters. He, and by the way, he's not a good defender because he's not big. He's wiry. He's not so, you know, long. But he plays defense. It's not like he's not there. Go ahead. Steph Curry the other day in practice, Molly, Max, yeah. made 105 straight three-pointers. 105 <laughs> yeah. straight yeah. three-pointers without a miss. Steve Kerr had the joke yeah. of the year when he sat up there and said he choked. He didn't get to 106. You understand? 105 <laughs> yeah. straight so yeah, I mean, um, I think he is the greatest shooter. I agree with that. He definitely is. Steph Curry is the best of the best. There is nobody else better than him. It's just a fact. But we're going to go back a little bit back to the Knicks. We got to talk about the Knicks for a second here. So I was looking at the the Eastern Conference standings 
And the New York Knicks are currently number five in the East. I will repeat that again. The New York Knicks are number five in the East. They're five and three. And you have the Brooklyn Nets who are number eight in the East. They're four and four. Now, the Nets have the talent, um, but the Knicks have an experienced coach with Tom Thibodeau, while the Nets have first-year coach, rookie, Steve Nash. So, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I'm going to go with that. I think that, you know, Nash is a rookie it's the first time coaching to superstars, playing in New York. Um, it's crazy. I don't know. Um, how long is this going to last? I don't know. I don't have too much confidence in the Knicks. They don't have no star players. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's a long season. Anything can happen. But let's see what the media says. Quickly is no joke. That's right. They got yeah, him. No so 
so guess what, Max? So guess what, Max? I'm not sold on Obi Toppin, which I told you about. But I like the effort Tom Thibodeau yep. got them boys playing hard. They're top five defense in the NBA. Barrett, you understand yep. what I'm saying? They're dead last in three-point field goal attempts, but like 11th in percentages made. I'm just looking at the Knicks right now. As hard as he's got them playing, the way that they're competing, I'm pleased, Max. And I wanted to say that. As a native New York and a New York Knicks fan, I am very pleased thus far with the job Tom Thibodeau and his coaching staff has done. I'm happy. You are, you know, like when you look at the Knicks, why have they been so bad for so long? And I blame Dolan, right? But in fact, Stephen A., I blame you. And I blame people like you. You, like, you make fun of Cowboys fans. They get a win, all of a sudden they're going to win the Super Bowl. You're sitting here because the Knicks, the Knicks won a couple games? Because they're playing hard? You say you're more excited about them than the Nets? Let me encapsulate this for you, okay? One team, the Knicks, if they keep this up, will be competing for the play-in. Not the playoffs, the play-in game. The other team, the Nets, will be competing for a championship. Losing Dinwiddie stinks. Because with Dinwiddie, Levert, Harris, Kyrie, and KD, that's the most unguardable, by far, starting five in the NBA. Losing Dinwiddie hurts, although I always thought he should have been off the bench and Levert should be in the starting lineup. Nevertheless, the Nets have their two main pillars still. And they will be just fine. You're right, just fine may be underachieving. It may be not winning enough playoff series, but that's where they're heading. The Knicks, meantime, Stephen A., Thibodeau's going to get these dudes to play hard. We already knew that, especially the first couple weeks of the season. Are they still going to be playing hard at the end when they're burnt out, or are they young enough with fresh enough legs to keep it up? Because we know Thibodeau is a demanding coach. He's a very good coach, but he's demanding. And the criticism has been, and I don't think it's been unfounded, some of those teams get worn down by the end. Not everyone is Jimmy True. Butler. True. We'll see. If they don't, They'll be competing for a playing game, and you have the nerve, what do you call it, the unmitigated goal to come on national television and come out here and talk about you're more excited about the Knicks than the Kyrie Irving KD No, I didn't say that. I didn't say more excited. I said I'm very pleased with the Knicks, number one. Number two, I've never talked about the Knicks with the championship. I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan that just went to bed yet again and go, you know we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? No, I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude. I keep things in its proper perspective. All I'm trying to say is, damn, Max, 1973, bro. 1973, the last time there was a championship. I have suffered. I'm admitting I've suffered. And the fact that there's any kind of silver lining right now has me pleased. I see see a culture developing, and I'm kind of happy about it. I don't know. He's a Knicks fan, so I don't know if I take that seriously. But the Knicks are playing good. I mean, they're um, they're in the top scenes. They're in the top five scenes right there. Um, they're number five in the East. I mean, the Knicks are doing pretty good. I mean, but the season is still early. It's not over. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's not over. We'll see. Don't get excited, Knicks fans. Don't get excited.
it's not over. But, um, the NBA is back. I'm happy about that. It's very exciting. A lot of great teams are are doing good. Lakers are looking good again. I think LeBron might make the case for MVP. He's playing good. This is the the new episode of... um, of 2021 and I'm coming back I'll be posting more consistent I will be back. Episodes are going to be coming in daily. Not daily, I can't say daily because I need to give time for people to listen to this one. But it'll be more consistent than what I was doing before. Definitely. You'll definitely see more episodes uploaded and ready to go. Uh, if you're still with me and, and subscribe to me, um, I appreciate that support. Make sure to share the show. Tell everybody about the show. And we'll see you next time. Be cool, y'all.